Big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant, and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers, and make it personal. Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the associate producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their takes on the current challenges of the market, and we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, AJ and Vincent chat with Narosha Mithananda, VP of Marketing at Influ2. She talks about how over time, attention spans have shortened, and how mediums such as video have allowed marketers to connect digitally. AJ enjoys a full day of tennis, and Vincent is glad that AJ finally doesn't cancel a visit with him. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I am your host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products and Partnerships here at Starista and still Interim General Manager. They have not stripped that title. By they, I mean my co-host and CEO, AJ Gupta. We'll get to him in a minute. I know you're anxious to hear from him and his recent adventures with uh, me, partially with me, but we'll get to those in a minute. Let's pause just to talk about Starista for like 10 seconds. That's all we talk about, Starista. We are a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, business-to-consumer data. We help customers utilize that data to help them get new customers. Our new customers, great. We also, we have our own uh, sending platform, email. We have our own DSP called Adster. We do connected TV, OTT, display. Email me, vincent at starista.com. That is dangerous, giving my email address to all our amazing listeners. It's not. I love the emails that I receive telling us how much you love the show, telling us what you think we can do differently. Sure, that happens too, but we love it. And thank you for emailing me about our services. We really do appreciate that. The other thing I appreciate, I got to see him. I felt like he's redeemed himself from prior episodes, ladies and gentlemen, where he uh, canceled on me to go to the show in Boston, the B2B sales and marketing exchange, where I was supposed to meet our amazing guest, but we'll get to her in a moment. AJ Gupta, the CEO and co-host. What's going on, AJ? Vincent, it was good seeing you as well. Um, Yeah, I had a pretty good trip to New York, got to see US Open for the first time, which was uh, for tennis fans, it's one of the best things you can do. Yeah, it was uh, great. We had San Francisco together where we had a, a nice intimate event with people from Starista and some of our clients out there, some podcast guests who, who were on, some uh, just companies who were looking to learn about us. I think those intimate events are kind of coming back. Those are kind of a thing. We did one in New York, but we got to see you there. And yes, in New York City, you got to see the US Open, which is exciting. Serena Williams going out, retiring, uh, still on top, even though she didn't win her match. She is a powerhouse. I love me some Serena Williams. But what was your experience like? You're a huge tennis fan, AJ. It's like, it's like if I were going to the Super Bowl for football, yeah, uh, I wasn't really sure what to expect, but uh, looks like you can largely walk around and see almost any match you want. So that's pretty cool. You're not, you know, obligated to sit at one uh, match. You can go, I think we ended up seeing about 10, 11 matches, uh, 30, 40 minutes each. 
So it's kind of like a uh, Disneyland for tennis fans almost. So yeah. you can see all of the players that you like. And uh, it was particularly crazy because it uh, turned out to be the last day of uh, Serena Williams's professional career. So that was yeah. cool. That's awesome. That's all. And you get any autographs? You meet any people? I see those like big tennis balls that a lot of the uh, mostly kids, yeah, you know, get the autographs. But you never know. I, I'd be out there trying to get some signatures. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll take my uh, son next year as a prop to get the signature. Otherwise, it looked <laughs> like I'm uh, too much of a fan. So yeah, I know. It's like, can you make that out to AJ? It's like, but Dad, that's your name. It's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sh- sh- you're fine. You're fine. Uh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, since I've talked, I've, I've taken my son to his first baseball game. We went oh, nice. to New York Mets six to zero. We won. He was so excited. As I am excited for this next guest, ladies and gentlemen, I, I haven't met her yet in person. I was supposed to meet her in person. Another day, another day, we'll meet. We will meet in in person. But I did meet some. Uh, some of her colleagues from this amazing company. AJ, we are in for an amazing treat today. We have Influ2 on. Influ2, I don't know if you ever heard of him. If you haven't heard of him, you're about to hear from the Vice President of Marketing, ladies and gentlemen. Please, a warm marketing stir welcome for Narosha Methananda. What's going on, Narosha? You know, enjoying life here in LA. We're having a heat wave at the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be on and I, I feel like uh, I should, I, I need to hire you, Vince, to uh, be able to do my our intro, our company intro. I just love that. <laughs> motivational. I try to be a motivational speaker. I'm not. No, I'm kidding. I don't uh, motivate much. But yeah, no, I love, this is my excitement all the time. Again, this, I still am on my first cup of coffee here. <laughs> And uh, well, thank you for that. But no, thank you, especially for joining us, Narosha. We were supposed to meet in Boston at that conference. I, I, you know, we'll meet again. I, I know we will. I, and I got to meet your CEO. I got to meet some folks from the marketing team that uh, your team there that, uh, you know, you sit on. And but it was great. And you, know, you saw the booth. Influtu had a booth there and they were meeting some great people. So it was uh it was nice there, but thank you for joining us on the podcast. Narosha, for the listeners out there, talk to us about Influ2, what the company does, and your role within the organization. Right. Yeah, so as you said, Influ2 is, is a fairly uh, nascent brand um, in the B2B Martech uh, ad tech space. Um, it's been around for about five years now. So at the core of what Influ2 does is it essentially takes your display and social advertising uh, and makes it tangible. So, you know, we spend a lot of money on advertising, as you know, um, and it's not always uh, tangible around who you're reaching, how they're engaging, and one of, like, the lifelong dreams or utopia for marketers is being able to connect sales in a meaningful way. And that's that's what Influ2 essentially does with your display and social media advertising. So that's that's the core of the product uh, from that perspective. And it's, it's something we, we call person-based advertising. I, I love it. And uh, talk to us a little bit about your day-to-day, what you oversee, Narosha. And then we'd love to understand, this is one of our staple questions, how you got into marketing in the first place. 
Right. Sometimes it's, uh, well, it's never, it's usually never, a oh, I studied marketing and here I am. If it is great, we want to hear about it. But yeah, talk to us about some of your duties there. Yeah. And then also how you got into marketing. Yeah. So I've been with Influ2 for about a year and a half now. Uh, I came on board with them, um, you know, to build out. So where Influ2 started, you know, it started with a marketing program using its own product, um, purely its own product. Uh, and then it got to a stage where our CEO, Dimitri, is who you met, um, he wanted, you know, to build something hard to build, uh, but easy to sell. But the thing is when you, you know, you sell, you, if you've got something easy to sell and when it's a no brainer, you still need brand and trust um, and you still need that marketing program around it. And uh, essentially that's what I came on board to do. So it's to, you know, to build out uh, some of our, our marketing functions around the brand, around comms, around events, product marketing, customer marketing, so on and so forth. So I sit across, uh, you know, the, the top of our, our marketing function um, and have been really building it out. And day to day, it can be, you know, it's a startup, <laughs> startup life. So, you know, the other day I was building out a splash page. Um, or I, I, I just ran a workshop this morning. <laughs> so every every day is sort of different. But, um, you know, that's what I really enjoy about, about startup life. And, um, you know, the way I, I got into marketing, you're right, it, it wasn't a straight journey at all for me. I, um, I love this term intentional serendipity. And I feel like that's, that's the term <laughs> I use to, to describe my journey. Um, you know, I, I got a start in the in a law firm, uh, really looking at events, uh, and, and from there moved into retail. Uh, I was um, an EA to a CEO, CEO a CMO, excuse me, of uh, of a retailer in Australia called Officeworks. Um, so I really love stationery, and and that was one of the qualifiers. But <laughs> <laughs> I love stationery. That's the first. I love, you know. <laughs> It was we, like, all, we all love it, but no one's ever pronounced it on the yeah. podcast. Thank you. I love yeah. stationery. <laughs> so, you know, it was like a dream come true because I could have whatever stationery I wanted. But also, she was so generous. You know, she was so generous. In the interview, I just said to her, she said, why do you want this role? And I said, I'd like a foot in the door of, of marketing. And, you know, I did, I worked with her very closely and she had a, we had a massive, massive marketing team that spanned across, you know, we had the agency in-house, brand in-house, PR, digital, so on and so forth. So I really got to work with all of those, um, you know, departments and, and sort of specialized. I moved into more of a PR role with them. From there, uh, I moved to a company called Experian Hitwise, um, which was really where my interest in sort of digital and tech started. Uh, they're a competitive intelligence tool. Um, so again, I was a generalist marketer there um, with the team across the board of comms, brand, so on and so forth. Um, and then from there, I went to into a, like a journalism role um, with another company in Australia. Um, they, they were called the Media Pad and they ran, you know, big trade shows and um, they had a publication. And so I got into a bit of journalism and uh, a lot of content, which was exciting. And then from there, I moved to PwC to, to start, uh, or PwC Australia, to start um, a blog for them essentially called Digital Pulse. Um, they were spinning out their digital consulting. Um, and so I built that out for them. And then I ended up uh, taking, taking over um, across their marketing holistically across tech consulting. Um, so that was, that was sort of an interesting journey. Um, and then from there ended up at Bombora, uh, which uh, is a US-based US company also in New York. 
um, which is where I used to be. Uh, and, you know, they're a leading intent data provider, uh, which is kind of the bomb at the minute <laughs> from a marketing, marketing, you know, technology perspective. So yeah, that's, that's sort of been my journey along the way. It's kind of uh, have dabbled in different things. I, I like to be a generalist. I like to learn and understand. And, and that's sort of been the, the fundamental of the string of what's, what's pulled me. So, you know, from your marketing journey, starting in Australia, ending up in New York, what are some of the things that you have seen change over the years? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big things that I've seen is um, just a diversification of the landscape. And uh, there's so many tools, like for whatever you can think of from a marketing perspective, there's a tool for it. Um, I think, you know, I, I look at Scott Brinker's uh, MarTech ecosystem and just looking at that year on year on year, I like it blows my mind how many different solutions there are, how many different categories are expanding. I think that's one of the biggest differences. I mean, obviously, I think with also with COVID, um, yeah, I don't think our attention spans were brilliant before, <laughs> um, but I think with COVID, they've really become very short um, because we're we're kind of bombarded with a lot of material and things like that. So I think like mediums like video that allow us to connect digitally, um, particularly using it from a marketing promotion perspective, I think that's that's something that you know is engaging. It allows you to connect in a in a way that uh, is beyond copy and content. Although I, I still love the written word, um, but yeah, I think those those sorts of trends are the things that I'm I'm kind of noticing. I mean, the other thing I'm noticing as well, you know, um, post pandemic, is you know, a lot of people I think took stock during during this this time and. Um, you know, you, you've got this great resignation, you've got quiet quitting, um, you know, and now we've, we've sort of going into this economic uh, downturn. And I think, you know, with that comes the combination of a lot of uh, a turning, especially like in, in terms of from a bit like a B2C perspective, but even from a B2B perspective of like just relevance and mindfulness around time, around what you're investing in, around what you're doing. And I think that translates into marketing from personalization, relevance, being able to, you know, really um, reach reach pe people in a meaningful way. Um, so I think those are, those are some of the things that I've noticed from, from that perspective. And, and Narosha, I want to stay on that topic, the post-pandemic. You, you talked about some of the some of the trends there. You know, what else are you excited about, really, uh, post-pandemic, as, as it comes to marketing? I, I, are you? Well, I mentioned some of those like smaller events, but talk to me in your opinion. About yeah, that. I mean, I, like uh, that for me is exciting. Like the I I. I love events. I do. I know that it's sort of, you know, it's a little bit like some people are like, oh God, I hate events, but I really love them. And I love them. Um, I should love them for, you know, leads, but I actually, I just love them. <laughs> I love them for leads. I love it. <laughs> but I, I just love them for connecting to people and being able to meet face to face, being able to get to know people um, and one another above and beyond um, you know, the meeting that you you hold. And to be able to have and create those experiences, I'm excited about that. I think um, I'm excited at the innovation that's come from it because, you know, it really, sometimes you just sort of go along in, 
you know, uh, what's you rest on your laurels a little bit. You know, when something's working, you don't necessarily change, change it. And so, you know, it takes something to sort of shake you up and change the way you look at things, change the way you message things. And I think that's kind of what the pandemic has done. And you're seeing a lot more, um, I think, innovation in terms of messaging, in terms of engagement, in terms of the events and so on and so forth. So while it, you know, it wasn't a great experience, I could have done without it, like, I think those are the, some of the silver linings that have come out of it. Um, I'm excited about that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, you know, as people talk about video conferencing fatigue, mm. I also think that there it really helped people because think about before, I didn't always do video conferencing. It was I, like a it was like a conference call, one of those conference call numbers that you dialed into and you never saw the person yeah. it's changed that and i think that's going to be a positive but yeah you're right it's nothing better than that kind of that interaction this this event we did in san francisco it was a smaller mm. event but by the end of it we're taking photos together everyone's smiling they're you're laughing yeah and you you can't get that at, at a larger conference although again i'm happy larger conferences are back but i like those the, those events so yeah i echo what you said there Narosha, talk to me a little bit about, this is a question from our listeners where they want to understand, in your, in your opinion, what's a personality trait that you think one must have to succeed in marketing? Yeah, um, I did think about this a bit. And it's for me, it's curiosity. So I, I innately, when I'm hiring someone, I look for curiosity um, because it's not something you can teach. And I think with marketing, like the way things are growing and shifting uh, in terms of the technology, in terms of the role, in terms of, you know, knowing and having to understand different personas, um, being able to have that intellectual curiosity to go and test things and learn about things is is if you don't have that I think it's it's going to be very difficult to sort of you know just kind of plot along and 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 um and and just be in in your sort of groove I think that's that's part of the excitement of marketing is being able to change it up being able to experiment and I I really look for that um you know in what I do and in in the team that I that I hire as well so that's that's what I think rightly or wrongly so Talk to us a little bit about your current marketing strategy and channels, what's working and what's not working. Yeah, so, you know, as I mentioned, Influ2 is still, like, from a marketing perspective, we're still fairly, um, Im like, immature in some ways, where we're still developing, rather. Um, I think what has worked for us and what got Influ2 to where where it, it um, where it is sort of uh, five, five years on is actually using our own tool and you know I don't want to just promote like promote our own product but you know the team really dug in and really built out uh the built out our campaigns and things like that and the and the audiences and being able to outreach um from that perspective has really served us well and you know what we've coupled that with and where it's really working quite well is you know with our events um Vincent I I, I totally agree with you I really love the smaller events um, don't get me wrong, I love a trade trade show as well and being able to to enjoy that um, broad experience. But, you know, I really like that direct connection. And for us, especially because what 
the product does is quite personal. Um, it allows us to couple that personalized um, advertising essentially with that with that audience that we want to target and really make sure that we, you know, we we have uh, you know, our target audience at these events. Um, and, and that's something, you know, in and of itself that's working. I think also having these smaller events that are um you know, more experiential. We have, we host a series of events or we've hosted a series of events this year. It's called Dine Within Flu 2. Um, it is, you know, I, I love to eat. Um, I think a lot of people love to eat. Um, and it's just, it's really uh, looking, it's a good excuse to sort of go and have a nice experience and have a nice dinner and drinks. And we don't, there's no agenda for it. So it's it's basically just inviting people along to come and sit down, meet some of their peers. You know, sometimes the conversations, I've had some super interesting conversations. I think only one of them has been, where someone sat down with it, they've been like, I, I was just amazed by the way you got me here. And then then we went off and talked about Influ too. Um, but other than that, like it, it's just been more of that human connection. And I think that's something while it, it's not like an immediate lip, can I sign you up now? Um, it's a little, it gives them a little bit of a sense. And especially because we're, we're a new brand, it's, it's building that trust and those relationships that I think, you know, has been really important for us. So, you know, those are some of the things that, that have been working. Um, you know, content is another one from a content syndication perspective, looking at different reports and so on and so forth. And, you know, I think it's hard, content is hard, right? It's just so much time and effort that you have to invest into this pod, like for example, just the podcast, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. There's the time, there's effort, there's editing. Um, and so, you know, from our perspective, um, we've really leveraged sponsored content because, you know, especially not being as well known in the market, that's that's been something that's worked for us. And, and you know, we're sort of more, more slowly moving into our own content as well. So, yeah, those are I think are probably uh, the core things that have been that have been great for us from a marketing perspective, and hopefully more to come. And speaking of what's more to come, uh, anything you can share with us in terms of new products or cool upgrades that are coming up? Yes, yes, indeed, we have. Um, you know, we're working on our second product, um, which is more focused really around automating. Uh, some of the, the person-based advertising capability. But like what I'm really excited about with that product is it really starts to tie in the results. So, um, you know, back to revenue, back to, back to what sales um, goals are and being able to visualize that. So essentially it ends up, you know, it's, it's like a, uh, I don't want to say like a control center essentially for someone who's running these campaigns to be able to understand, okay, cool. You know, um, here's the campaigns we run. Here's the audience here. Here are the accounts. This is where outreach has been done. Being able to call, um, correlate and understand like what, what that engagement has been and then work directly with the sales team at a, at a granular level to be able to really push things through, um, you know, and coordinate campaigns and so on and so forth. So like that's, that's uh, set to sort of we're going into beta um, in the next couple of weeks or so. And then from a launch perspective, we're looking at probably the end of this year, early early next year. But I think that's going to be um, something that's really, really exciting, um, you know, and, and sort of the next evolution of Influ2, just some, to some degree. 
Now, Narosha, talk to us about that because I know Influ2 is using AI now, mm -hmm. right? So can you talk about how you're currently using uh, AI? And, and then again, I could keep adding to that the, you know, some of the future plans there. Yeah, so I mean, from an AI perspective, where, where the AI comes in is really in um, looking at the results that come from campaigns and then using a predictive, it's essentially a predictive model that looks at a lot of different data points to be able to um, assess whether that engagement or result or, or how that was connected to an individual. So, you know, at a target account, like, so for example, looking at, at yourself, if we, we sort of use that predictive model in the data points around being able to, you know, sort of pr probabilistically identify whether that was you or not, you know, clicking or viewing or whatever it was, and there's a number of different data points. And if it's at sort of an eight, it has to be over 80% in terms of accuracy for us to be able to pass on those results. And that's, that's really where the AI portion comes in. So what happens is a lot of those interactions, so from across different campaigns, those results at a person-based level get uh, aggregated and, and um, pushed back. And then there's a scoring model that's attributed to, to those interactions. So based on the different um, engagements, so part of it is around identifying who that person is you know, and then being able to assess their engagements into a score that goes back at a person-based level, then it's aggregated, um, you know, at a buying group level as well for that account and then a total account level. So that's that's sort of how the AI works. I, you know, I have to admit, I'm not, um, you know, super tech, <laughs> super technical. Our CEO is, is the brain, like, uh, is is the brains behind it? So um, you know, but that that from that perspective, that's that's sort of how it works yeah. um, with with the AI. And then in terms of the you know the new product, really, it's um, it is about data. So you know, with you know that's what you said about Strusser. Data is so important in being able to like take that data and make it operate like operationalize it to make it uh, tangible, so that you can actually you know, do what you need to do with it and make it meaningful. And that's really what um, the, the new product does. So it's not necessarily AI in the sense of, um, you know, the, the way that our, our current product does it, but it's, it is really looking at that data and making, uh, looking at analysis and being a little bit predictive around, uh, predictive or advisory around how you can use those insights and, you know, checking on the health of campaigns and how you're, how you're performing and so on and so forth. So. Yeah, no, very. It's no, it's very interesting. And I remember uh, hearing uh, Dimitri, right, and he uh, at, at this particular conference talking about that. And, uh, and I'd also love to learn a little bit about what makes Influ2 unique from its competitors. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is essentially the person-based advertising, being able to um, take your display and social target your account, the people at your accounts that you want to target and engage with and understand how they are engaging with you, um, to, you know, tangibly at that level to be able to pass that onto your sales team or pass that into your, into your marketing nurture or other marketing programs. That, that is the core differentiator of it. Um, you know, there's that, that's essentially, yeah, the, fu the fundamentals. I mean, I think there are a lot of platforms you know, and I don't, I'm, I don't profess to be an expert of every single platform that's out there. And I know that there are different platforms that do different things, um, but, you know, and, and have similarities, but like from, from our customer base, 
being able to have that granularity, um, that's something that is a, is a real asset uh, for, for them and our, and our users. One of the marquee questions that we like to ask is uh, we, I'm sure you get a lot of kind of uh, emails and unsolicited LinkedIn messages. What's one that gets your attention and what's one that you hate? Yeah, one one that gets my attention is um, it's it's genuine, authentic interaction. So, and when I say that, so I like I see a lot of messages where um, you know I'll get an email, then I'll get a phone call, then I'll get a LinkedIn request, all in the span of like I don't know, like an hour, um, and. Uh, and it's usually, you know, not necessarily relevant um, to me. I really, you know, I, I appreciate it when someone takes the effort to go to my LinkedIn and see what I've done and um, customize their email. I may not always respond, but I do, I do look at it. And I think having that genuine interest um, is great. Uh, what I would, what I do extra love is when they connect the dots back from my personal interest into their product and um and 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 I, like that that's that's like gold star <laughs> to make it relevant for me like that that's what what really does get my interest in um yeah and obviously I think you know the other thing is like harking back to my to Bombora it's about intent like if I'm in market for something or if I'm if something's top of mind for me or a pain point, then that's that's probably going to um, tweak my interest. And this was one of the things that I like. And I, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a great believer in intent, you know, all sorts of intent and having that because like it it not only makes the customer experience better and the prospect experience better, it makes it easier from a from a sales and a marketing perspective as well. Like you're not wasting your time and energy and dollars on people that don't really care. Um, from that perspective so yeah hopefully that that um <laughs> answers the question yeah I had an interesting one come through the other day somebody had been mess messaged me about five times in a span of three days yeah after I added them no idea who this person is and then the last message did get a reaction from me because it said uh well, guess you're not responding to me on uh, LinkedIn, but I have your email now through LinkedIn, so I'll be following up through email and phone calls. So, <laughs> oh wow, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, that's that's a good way to uh, get my reaction. Yeah. It's, I'll find <laughs> you some way. I will find you. Yeah, yeah. I, like I guess like in that, if you think about the psychology of that, that like it's that for for me, that's like borderline stalking. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit because uh, we like to get on the personal side as well what do you like yeah. to do outside of marketing what are your hobbies uh, and interests yeah so one of the things that I actually I realized during um, COVID that I like just feeds my soul is being able to travel um, I love love to go and explore I loved like and equally as as much as I love going exploring I love having my you know beach holidays where I, I can just chill out and switch off and 
uh, and do that. And and during COVID, you know, I was really wasn't able to do that. And I I realized like it makes a big difference. That's you know when I'm on, I'm on, and when I'm off, I'm definitely off and <laughs> off the grid. And that that helps. Um, you know, other things I sort of enjoy. I, I moved um, to LA from New York. One of the reasons I moved was because uh, of the beach, and I wanted to be near the beach. Um, that's something that I super enjoy. That's like my happy place to be. Um, and Vincent, this is this is one for you. I I really enjoy stand up comedy. I think oh, yeah. to laugh is like going out to laugh and enjoy. Like that's the best. That's one of the best experiences I can have. So I know that he's <laughs> doing your stand up comedy. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I uh, here in New York City, as you know, and I'm a little mad that you left this great city I know. for LA and uh, that, that was going to be my next thought is uh, how dare you leave New York City but no it's uh, yeah there's a lot of comedy clubs here in LA too there's there's fewer but they're 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 great but yeah it's uh, being able to laugh people should come to the city and just go to a show uh, go to a Broadway show go to a comedy show not even doesn't have to be mine but yeah yeah, yeah no I, I yeah that's that's one of my my favorite things to do every time I go and I see a um, I don't, I haven't seen a show, I, I have to admit, since uh, COVID, but I always am like, I want to run away and join the theatre. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I love how you said before, itchy feet. I get itchy feet. That's such a great term where it's like, I just want to get out and, and go. But yeah, well, next time you're in New York, uh, it's, you'll hear it on the, it's on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So it's real. You know, I will get you free tickets to come see a show with me. Oh, awesome. stand up comedy is like six to seven comedians, you know, AJ, uh, he's, he's been, uh, I don't normally talk about it on the podcast, but yeah, you know, you could definitely, oh, uh, you. you know, yeah, definitely, uh, come out. And, um, I love that. so Narosha, I have just a, there's a few more questions before we close here, but, uh, this is one that I, I never asked before, but I want to understand like what's a commonly held belief about your role in marketing that you passionately disagree with um <laughs> uh, yeah very passionate about this uh <laughs> hence the laugh beforehand i love it yeah. like before i bounce um that it's easy marketing is easy um or marketers are lazy i hate 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 hearing that um it's you know, I think that it's very easy to um, come in and swan about with different concepts um, and and ideas. But I think being able to really think about how you take that, make it something, execute it, measure it, improve upon it, takes a lot of effort, a lot of attention to detail. Um, and I think that's 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 an unseen part. And I think, um, you know, I've, I've heard over my years, oh, um, you know, marketers can be lazy or they're this or that. And it's like, actually, like, why don't you take a look behind the scenes of like the 50 billion things that they have going on? Um, certainly, like, <laughs> as I said, like mm -hmm. any given day, I can be, you know, editing copy. I can be doing a podcast. I can be uh, doing a splash page, doing a strategy, whatever it is, especially when it's, you know, actually, I don't care what, what size the organization is, it, it's applicable across the board. And I think that's, that's something, I think that's a misconception. Um, and I'm, I'm quite passionate about change. 
Yeah, no, I, I love hearing that. It's the first time we, we've asked that, that question. <laughs> and it's also, how do you feel about that? I don't know if it's a misconception because you hear it a lot, but how do you feel about how sales and marketing just always kind of butt heads usually? Do you, do you, is that, uh, that's something I disagree with, but I'm wondering how you feel about it. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I, I don't think it's a misconception. I think that, that, that it exists there. And for me, like, I, you know, I kind of think we've been trying, you know, talking about sales and marketing alignment for a long time. And to some degree, yes, there is sales and marketing alignment. And I think, you know, the teams are working together. I actually believe that there's like a fundamental shift that needs to happen. Um, that sales and marketing teams actually need to be structured and come together. Because like, it's great from the top down, creating a strategy and agreeing SLAs and doing what, you know, agreeing to these processes. But actually when you come to the day-to-day, you know, and when you're in the trenches working side by side and you have common metrics and goals, that's when that for me, I think that's when actually teams come together um, and you you sort of erase some of those silos. And I, I really strongly think with the way that things are going in terms of what audience expectations are, what with technology and so on and so forth, I, I think that that's probably the future of what's to come in terms of uh, what I, I'm, it's my trying to fit, make fetch works marketing, which is, um, you know, sales and marketing alignment. Uh, it, you know, that I, I, I do think that that's probably the future of where, it, of where it's going. So I, I think different teams have a different degrees. Communication is paramount, you know, communication in human relationships is paramount, but particularly if you're going to try and align, but I think fundamentally there just needs to be a shift. No, I love that. That's uh, you've already given us so many, uh, amazing thoughts. Uh, just one final closing thought from you about uh, the industry, marketing, life, inspiration, whatever you want. Um, okay, so industry, I'll give you two. Industry, um, I think there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of chatter. There's a lot of tools. Um, listen to it, take it in, understand it, consider it, and then think about it in the context of your business and what your team needs and, you know, go from there because it can be overwhelming. Um, and I think like sometimes you can lose sight of like what, what the business needs are when there's just so much chatter. Um, life, time, a commodity that you we never account for um, that is super valuable. So yeah, value it and appreciate it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Words to live by. Thank you so much, Narosha, for joining us and spending some time with us here on The Marketing Stir. We really do appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Narosha Methananda, the Vice President of Marketing at Influ2. Check out Influ2. Check out Narosha. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of The Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for approaching me at these trade shows and telling me how much you love the podcast. It means a lot to us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.